Welcome to Beyond Standards, your source for authentic discussions about the world of teaching. Get ready to explore challenges, share inspiring stories, and discover strategies that will empower you to make a lasting impact on your students. Here are your hosts, who are trying to master the fine art of maintaining their sanity while managing a classroom, Joe Rohrhoff and Jeff Bologna. Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the podcast. I'm your host, Joe, alongside my co-host, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, how you doing tonight? Joe, I'm, I'm wonderful. I'm excited to be back for episode two. Um, you know, I thought episode one was a lot of fun to record with you, and we had some great guests, and now we're, you know, going to start talking about some things that I think are important for teachers, all those teachers out there listening, you know, kind of starting that school year uh, off on the right foot, building those relationships, and uh, starting with an impact. Yeah, and, and I can tell all the fellow teachers out there, you're going to hear from three teachers today, and we've kind of been through that daily grind today. Uh, we had, we had you know, a full day of teaching followed by, it's called ET, we call it teacher detention. Um, and, and so it, it's been a long day for us, but uh, I, I know I know we're excited. We're excited to be here and, and talk about the start of the school year. And, and that's going to be our topic today, really how to get the school year started off on the right foot. Uh, we're going to be joined by an amazing teacher who's going to share her insights and experiences about what it takes to get the school year started, you know, off to a good start. Uh, we'll follow that. Uh, we've got a middle school student and a high school student, so we're bringing some students on the podcast for the first time. I'm I'm super excited for that, and we'll get an opportunity to hear, you know, and, and I think it's important that teachers hear that perspective from kids. Like, what do kids feel about the first week of school and and how do they connect with their teachers so i'm i'm super excited to talk about our guests in in both parts of the show today Uh, our goal our goal for this episode today is to to challenge teachers out there to reflect on the start of their school year and you know think about what they can do better to connect with students and hopefully you walk away today with some kind of tip and and i i keep saying start of the school year we're a couple weeks in right now but this is really like this episode is going to be about connecting with kids because that's what we do at the start of the school year. And th- this information is valuable really at any time, whether it's the first day, the first week, the first month, really any time during the school year, building those connections with kids is important. And we'll hopefully give you some good strategies today to do that. Uh, so let's not waste any more time and uh, get to our guest. Uh, Jeff, she is your fellow eighth grade ELA teacher. Uh, so I'll give you the opportunity of introducing her. Yeah, I'd like to welcome um, one of the best in the business. Um, you know, Joe and I are lucky that we get to work with um, this individual. She's an eighth grade ELA teacher, but I think one of her strengths is obviously the content, but is the connection that she makes with those students. Um, she goes above and beyond. You know, we witness it every day um, going above and beyond just the regular school day. She learns about every kid and makes every kid feel special and makes every kid feel welcome, which I think is the reason why, you know, kids love her. And, you know, they always talk about how wonderful Miss um, Sandia is. So um, I'd like to welcome Dunya Sandia. She's a, a wonderful teacher, but also someone I like to that Joe and I are, are lucky enough to call a coworker and a friend. So Dunya, thank you for joining us tonight on wow, the podcast. Thank you so much, Jeff. You know, we appreciate you, uh, you know, joining us tonight so we can, you know, just 
share our feelings about, you know, the start of school and, and how we do that. Um, you know, maybe first we could just kind of talk about leading up to school, you know, like what, what are some of, you know, some of those things we do before that first day of school, right? We all know what we do on the first day, but what are some of the things, Dunya, that you feel like you do well, you know, to get prepared for those first days of school? Well, I think it's really important to take that summer vacation and really take care of yourself, right? Mentally, physically, spend time with your family. So I think that's very important to truly come in fully prepared and well-rested. I think that's important. Uh, The next thing would be to uh, prepare for that first day, maybe first week of school. So when you go in, you feel comfortable and ready. And then your focus should be the kids, especially on that first day of school. And uh, when you have your copies made, you've already set up your classroom, making it feel um, how, how you know you would want to be welcomed in your classroom or in your home. So you want to make the kids feel welcomed. Uh, so set up your classroom. And then that first day, Uh, greeting the kids, having a smile on your face, Uh, be genuine, uh, but also convey your passion to the kids. Like, why are you there? Uh, You're there to, because you love the content, but but you also love your field, right? And um, yeah, I don't have a ton to add to that. I think the importance of being prepared, you know, know what the heck you're doing so you can be there ready to greet your students. But uh you know, one, one tip I have, I guess, for, for maybe a new teacher, one thing I always do the day before, cause I'm, I'm terrible with names and we'll talk a little bit more about names later, but I always go through my class list. Cause you're going to, as a teacher, you're going to read that class list the first day. There are going to be names that you don't know how to pronounce. And if you've gone through that list and you're ready to go, then it's, it, it, it maybe saves some embarrassment for a kid. Um, even though you're still probably going to butcher it, you at least butcher it with a little bit of confidence. So, uh, that's just one other tip to add to all, everything Dunya said. That's one of my fears. I always, that, those first few days taking attendance and you're like, oh boy, I, I sometimes I'll, I'll ask the kids, you know, yeah. you say it for me. So I, so I know how to pronounce it because you're right. Um, you know, we have a lot of diversity in our building. And so we have all kinds of ethnicities and um, races and genders. And so you always, I, I just, you're right. You don't want to embarrass mm-hmm. a kid, you know, in the, those those first few moments when you're trying to build that relationship, Joe. That's a really good point. You know, and I I was going to just add that I like to come in a couple days before, you know, even before our teacher meetings, just to make sure my classroom is set up. Um, you know, I want to make sure I have a warm and inviting room. You know, make sure student artwork is displayed from years past, and make sure I just you know I have everything set so when the kids come in, they they you know they feel comfortable, they feel welcome, and it's not you know, a place that's, you know, necessarily a work in progress per se. It, it's, you know, they're, they're already feeling comfortable in the, in that scenario. All right. Moving on to the next question. Um, are, are there any, we talked about getting ready for the first day, but thinking that first day, first week, uh, any specific icebreakers that, that you like to do or advice for teachers doing that the icebreakers that get to know you type stuff with the kids? I, we, so we have a policy that no pencil, no paper policy uh, on the first day of school. And uh, we do all types of different uh, icebreakers with the kids to get to know them and make them feel welcomed in our building and into our classroom. Uh, so we do different types of activities with, in different hours. So my advice would be to be yourself uh, and um, be flexible. So something, a routine or an activity might not go well for a class period. Uh, have a backup plan, have another activity uh, you know, uh, ready to go just in case. So this year I did an activity with the kids. 
I did things a little bit differently than I've done in the past. So I did an activity with them. Uh, the kids really enjoyed it. We, uh, they did it in groups and we kind of came back together as a class. And then we went outside and I played catch with the kids and we played volleyball and I got to, we were talking and we got to know so much about one another. Uh, and it was a nice day. So we were lucky to have nice weather. So, um, just be flexible and, um, see how kind of, um, watch the kids and see how they're feeling. And, uh, what, what I like about that on that first day of school is you get to learn a lot during those icebreaker activities. You get to see, um, who do I need to separate, uh, who's new in, in this building and, and, and what can I do to help them feel comfortable and who can I pair them up with to make sure that when they go into the cafeteria on that first day of school, uh, and they, they don't know anyone, anybody in the building. Um, so who, do, who would I trust? Which student will I trust to make them feel comfortable to invite them to sit with, you know, at their table? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I like to keep it simple with the kids. You mentioned just going outside and hanging out with the kids. Sometimes you, that gives you an opportunity to see what their interest is. What, whatever you do, find something that kind of fits your personality. Um, and, and don't do something that's going to put pressure on the kids. Uh, don't don't put the kids in front of the class on the first day sharing something that, that they're not comfortable sharing. Um, you know, if you're going to do something where the kids are, are, are talking in front of the whole class, have them share what their favorite food is or something, you know, something simple like that. So you're not delving into their personal lives before they're ready to do that. Um, so just keep it simple. Don't put pressure on the kids. Um, I, I did an activity this year called the marshmallow challenge. It's super simple. You just give the kids, put them in groups, give them some spaghetti and a marshmallow and they have to build a tower with it. And there's, there's a bunch of rules that go with it that are up on the board, but really it's just some kids try really hard at it. Some kids, some kids don't take it too serious and they just sit there and talk with their friends and build a really bad tower. And that really doesn't matter. But that, that whole time when the kids are building it, you know, they have, it's on a timer and, and you're going around kind of engaging with the kids, talking to them about their strategy or what they did that summer. So just something light, something simple for the kids is, is I guess the piece of advice I have. Yeah, I tried this year, Joe, for the first time. Um, there was like a cup stacking game that we played where we stacked cups and then we had to pull out index cards and the cups had to fall on top of each other. And, you know, they just worked as teams. They, you know, there was a timer on the board. So that it was like a, you know, how many times could you could you have the cups fall on each other? And it was just, you know, it was genuine. The kids were just laughing. Um, it was stress-free. And like you said, it wasn't like kids getting in front and, you know, telling me something that, no one in this class knows about you kind of thing because yeah. that can be, you know, or, or how was, you know, I try to avoid the tell me about your summer vacation because some kids didn't do anything fun over the summer and school is their safe space. And others went to Paris, France for a month in the summer, yep. you know, and it's like, yep. how do you make those kids, you know, who, who are less fortunate, make sure they don't, you know, they're not embarrassed for, you know, you yeah. just want to try to make each kid feel, feel welcome. Jeff, feel I think valued. that's such a good yeah. point about it, not all the kids are traveling during summer. They're not all spending time um, with their family. Yeah, uh, Duny, you mentioned, you know, kind of reaching out to those new students to your school. What about shy students in general? Is there any way you can, I don't wanna say force them to come out of their shell, but it, is there any strategies you guys have that you guys use to connect with kids that aren't willing to share that stuff or that are not comfortable sharing that stuff, but might have a story to tell? Uh, there's a, well, I can think of a couple of things. One is um, 
you might have a question. So I used a question ball. So I wrote questions on the ball. Then we, um, they choose one or two, depending on where they, where their hand lands. And then they choose the question they uh, want to answer. And then we kind of, sh- I asked like, Hey, how many of you play sports or play, you know, or play an instrument? And then th- they raise their hand and I ask them to look around because this is what, you know, you have so many things in common with one another. And another thing I do is um, like on the second day of school uh, where, you know, they're allowed to bring school supplies with them to our classrooms. And I know you do this too, Jeff and Joe. Uh, I have them write a letter to me, just introducing themselves. Um, Just tell me a little bit about you. I have some specific questions about what are your expectations in this class? What would you like me to help you with? Uh, And then telling, you know, tell me something you do outside of school or uh, your hobbies, your interests, things like that. And I learned a lot in those letters. The kids are really honest and open. I do the same thing. And um, I also, then I, I have them write it in their journal. And then, you know, maybe after a couple of days, I try to build in some one-on-one time with each kid. I'll, I'll maybe have an individual activity. So then I'll, I have a couch in my, my classroom. And so I'll call each kid up one at a time and I'll have them highlight in their journal, hey, what are the two things that you really think I should know about you <clears throat> or things like that? And then, you know, things, I get things like, Hey, I have anxiety. Don't try not to call on me unless I raise my hand. And I'm like, that's good to know. Cause I don't want to embarrass you or, you know, I stutter. So I, I don't like to read in front of the class and things like that. Or, you know, you know, you learn about family experiences. You know, I've had a student this year who told me his parents are divorced. And so, you know, he doesn't see his dad all that often. And sometimes that, that impacts him, you know, if, you know, he, he feels down and things like that. And those are important things that I feel are important. So I can make sure that kid knows I care. You know, someone tells me that they do gymnastics. And so, you know, then I can always check in on them. Hey, how's gymnastics going? Things like that. Just, you know, I try to learn one little nugget about every kid. I, you know, I try by the end of like the first month to, to know something about each one of my students. That way they do feel, you know, that, they're heard or they're important. And I know Jeff does this too, but sometimes I use the, that information to, like, when I'm writing questions on an assignment. It's really nice for us as English teachers, Jeff, because we can use that information um, when we're writing like a t- quiz question or a, an assignment question, and their their names appear like so and so likes to play hockey, and you know, and yeah. so they really like that um, that when they see their names and that that we remember information about them. I think that makes them feel. Uh, heard and it makes them feel seen and, and significant. Uh, and so they, they know that we care and we're not just acting and pretending. We I really do value that information because it does help me build those positive relationships with those kids. And what I, you want to go going, you want to go into teaching, uh, looking at the kids as you're doing this with them, not to them or at them. Right. Um, and so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, when you build those positive relationships with the kids and when you spend time uh, getting to know them and, and they see that you genuinely care, you can avoid so many issues in your classroom and so much time and so much effort and in, in in redirecting the kids because they will want to do it for you. They will care that much to want to help you and make sure that your day is going smoothly because you would do the same thing for them. And so I think that's why getting to know them is so important. Yeah, I, li- I like how both of you kind of, you're both ELA teachers, so you incorporate a letter in- into 
the beginning of it, have the kids write a letter to you. I think that's great. I, I use a, a form that the kids fill out. It's it's like a Google form. They fill it on their computer. Same types of things, though. Same things you're looking for. What are, what are you interested? What do you want your teacher to know about you? Um, kind of give them the opportunity to share, you know, ask them some specific questions, but leave some open-ended questions where they can share. Uh, they can share what they want to share. That way, those kids that don't you know, share a lot have at least an opportunity. If they want to tell you something, they have an opportunity to do that. And I, I would like to build off what you said there, Dunya, too. I have found in my 19 years that the kids that if, if they know you care, you know, and, and here I guess I'm speaking to the new teachers. If they know you care, um, they'll they'll go the extra mile for you. You know, they'll they'll they won't want to disappoint you. You know, I had a student last year tell me she works extra hard in my class because she doesn't want to disappoint me. And I was like, holy crap, that was like one of the nicest things a student has ever said to me, you know. For some kids, you, for some, uh, and you spend more time with them as an adult than anybody else, uh, you know. And, and it, it makes me think of another story, Jeff. And I, when I used to teach at an alternative high school, and I remember um, I had, we had a performance, a poetry performance in my school. And I asked the kids not to leave because it was an after school program and activity. And uh, one of the students left and I was a little disappointed. And he's like, well, the only reason why I'm doing this is because of you, for you. uh, And I don't want you to be disappointed. And maybe my dad, if he shows up and that just hit me so hard. And I still remember it to this day because I'm like, I'm the only adult in this kid's life who it, who I, who's watching this performance. And it just made put things in perspective for me that these some of these kids may not have uh, a, an adult who listens or on a consistent basis, maybe even. And so just something to be think about and be aware of um, that you might be that that ear and that shoulder to lean on. It's just so important to be genuine with them. Uh, yeah. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because we talked about how we were going to come back to names. Um, names. like I, I'm terrible at it. I, I know a lot of teachers. I, I, um, uh, I'll i let you guys go first. I, I've got some things I do, but I want to I hear what you guys do to learn the kids' names because there's no feeling for a kid like when I, – I mean, again, I just mentioned I coach football. The kids – beg me can you put my name on the announcements can you put my they love hearing their name they do and it's so important to learn that early on how do you guys do it um it's something i actually feel like i'm actually pretty good at uh i don't know why it's just something but you know i put them obviously in a seating chart and my seating chart has pictures on it and so if the kids are reading or they're working independently i have them in tables of four I'll go up to each table and I'll just, I'll look them in the eye and I'll say their name and I'll look at their face. I'll look at their picture. Um, and I do tell them, I said, I'm going to learn your name in this classroom. If I see you in the hall, I may just say hi. Cause I'm not, I haven't got there yet, but you know, by the end of the first week or two, I know everybody's name in my room. Um, but it's mo- it's all just, you know, reciting it in my head or, or they'll be they'll be working and out they'll hear me say their name and they're like what did I do and I'll be like nope I'm just I'm just looking at you across the room I'm trying to say names and then I'll I'll have a student point to kids I'm like hey quiz me and they'll be like who's that over there and I'm like oh that's you know that's Jimmy all right who's that over there and I'll be like oh it's the one I don't know you know I just try to say it and then when I call on them to answer a question I ask them to say their name 
you know, that first few weeks. I'm like, say your name before you answer the question. That way I can hear them say it. I see them. Um, and then I, you know, start to get it. But, you know, in the hall is when it can be a struggle when every kid's like, hey, Mr. Bologna. And you're like, oh boy, I don't remember your name. So a couple of strategies that help me are uh, one, I'll create a seating chart. Um, and I have it with me in class. I carry the clipboard with me because uh, I do like to call kids by name. I use their names because there really is power in knowing kids' names and calling people, using people's names um, during conversations. And so I know I, that's a struggle for me. I, I'm really good with faces, but I, it's very important for me um, to learn kids' names. So sometimes I've taken the seating chart with me home and I've looked at it. Uh, I've stayed after school and kind of went over it and adjusted a few things and, you know, in terms of like how to pronounce kids' names. And, um, and I, I'll give you an example. So I had this student the other day um, who was doing such a great job answering questions. And I couldn't remember her name. And I had to put my clipboard down. And um, I wanted to address her using her name. Again, I think that's so important. So what I did is just quietly walk to my clipboard, look down at my clipboard, and we had like a minute left and I went to her, used her name, and I said, you know, so-and-so, you did such a great job today during our classroom discussion. You really, I could tell you read the book. You did a great job comprehending the novel. You were annotating. So she had the biggest smile on her face, but it was important for me to just not just say, hey, good job. Really, recognize her using her name and i think the kids get really excited uh you know with names i mentioned i'm i'm not good with it uh but my my advice to people is to be intentional with it when you're learning names jeff and dunya both gave you some strategies i do similar stuff in terms of you know putting them in seating chart and looking at them and and one thing i'll do with kids and this is a strategy that i'll use i have interns in my room all the time i have have a high school intern now he's in a senior in high school and on his first day, I told him I was going to do this to him. And every time I tell him, they're they're like mortified. They don't think they can do it. And I'll say, hey, like you're just going to chill and observe this class. And at the end of the hour, you're going to go through and you're going to recite every kid's name mm-hmm. at the end. And I give him a seating chart, and that's what they they have. You know, 30 minutes to sit there, look at the seating chart, look at the kids, go around and talk to the kids, and and get their names down. And I, I tell this to the kids and I do this to myself at the beginning of the year. I tell the kids, hey, you know, th- this person's going to know your name or I'm going to know your name by the end of the hour or else you're going to get a piece of candy. So mm-hmm. usually I go 100 percent, but occasionally I'll get I'll get a couple wrong. And, the, and I, I give the candy because I don't want the kid to feel bad that I didn't know their name, that they were like the one kid in the class. So they get excited when I don't know their name rather than like, oh, he doesn't know me That's just true, in case yeah. that happens. That's a good point. You know, so, and uh, one, another thing I do is uh, when I don't, I'm not sure if I'm saying kids' name correctly because the kids dismiss us. Like, no, you're fine. You can say it like that. And I'm like, no, tell me how to say it. Uh, sometimes I'll have a peer, their peers tell me like, hey, how do you say, is this how you say so-and-so's name? So I, like uh, last week I had two kids, two different kids. and like, no, you know, really at home, this kid is, you know, traditionally in our culture, this is the name, but, you know, but. You know, you could call him that. And so it was really, again, it's just so important to ask and, yep. you know, just. And when you get kids like that, you got to encourage them like, hey, if teachers are mispronouncing your name, I had the same situation this year. It was, uh, is it Anika or Annika? 
And I think I called her Anika the first day and she didn't correct me. And like, I heard someone else call her Anika and I was like, Hey, is it Anika or Anika? And cause I've been calling you Anika. She's like, Oh, it's Anika. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me that? And, and <laughs> it wasn't even a shy kid. Like the shy kids are never going to tell you. She's like, I don't know. Everybody gets it wrong. I'm like, well, you got to start telling people you got to be proud of your name and start telling people, you know, not, mm-hmm. not to call you that, to call you by the right name. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going a little bit long, so we're going to uh, wrap things up. I got one more question for both of you guys and it, it's another kind of generic one, but what advice would you give to new teachers that are, really looking to establish that strong connection that I've seen both of you establish. Like what, what's one piece of advice you'd give? Um, I'll go first. I, uh, one piece of advice I'd give to new teachers is try to learn just something about each kid. Um, it could be as simple as they play on the, the school volleyball team, just something. Um, so then you can, that that's that that breaks the ice with them. Hey, how was the volleyball game last night? Or, you know, hey, you hear their names on the announcement, and so you find them in the hall, and you say, "Hey, great job in the volleyball game. I, I heard you played volleyball." Um, it could be something, you know, someone who has um, a sibling. You know, they they find out that, you know, I have a daughter who's six, and they have a little si- a sister who's six, and so next thing I know, we're talking about, well, what cartoons does your little sister watch? Oh, she loves Bluey, and I'm like, so does my daughter, and then we've made that connection. So my advice would be try to find one, if just one thing at the beginning of the year about each kid. So that kid feels special. I write, I even make notes in my rosters with, you know, maybe one little thing next to, next to a name. Um, you know, that way, that way they know you care and and you bring it up and, you know, you might bring it up a week later and they're like, you remembered that? And it's like, I did. Yeah. That was something that was important to you. Again, it goes to like building those relationships like we were talking about earlier, Jeff. That's a really yeah. good. How about point. you, Dune? Um, just what Jeff said. I mean, you, you made a really good point, Jeff. I'm, I'll just add a couple of things. Number one, um, be be yourself. But I, I've been thinking thinking a lot about this. Being ourselves, right? Be genuine. Be you know, be true to who you are. But at the same time, uh, there may be days where you need to be something a little bit different um, for for the kids. Like if you're having a bad day, maybe don't be yourself that day. Um, and then another thing is. Um, just pick your battles in the grand scheme of things. Some things are not a big deal. Like a kid, is it worth embarrassing a kid if he or she forgot their pencil? Is it worth calling a kid out for making a joke? Like that was funny, <laughs> you know, it's okay to laugh uh, and then just redirect the kid and move on. Um, so just try not to embarrass the kids in front of the, in front of their peers. Um, and if you really need to, or are impacted by something or you don't like that they forget their pencils all the time or to talk to them privately. Um, just, you know, try not to hurt, hurt their feelings. Cause you never know what the kids are going through on a daily basis with everything happening in our society and social media and, you know, kids stress and anxiety. They're already going through so much that, you know, try not to add to their stress if possible. Yeah. It's, it's so important to make them, make them feel comfortable in in your classroom um one piece of advice i'd offer is and i mentioned this when we when i talked about the the name thing is be intentional about it don't just think oh i'm going to learn their names don't just think oh i'm going to get to know these kids eventually you have to set aside time for it whether that's time to you know just go outside and hang out with the kids 
Um, you know, I, I learned uh, that we were just kids had like 20 minutes of free time at the end of the hour. Some of them went outside and played. And um, I, I had a student that was actually two students that were inside. They were doing stuff on the computer and one was like creating circuits. And I learned that this kid is way smarter than I am. He was like explaining circuits <laughs> to me and he was like creating them on the computer. And I had another on the, that was making a game on the computer and he was talking about HTML and CSS and all this language that I didn't understand, but he made this really cool game uh, on the computer by himself. And I, you know, I learned that about him and now that's something we talk about all the time. And he, he like updates his games and he'll bring it up to me. Hey, try it now, try it now. Um, so just like be intentional, set some time aside to do that. And it, like the content can wait. If the content has to take a step back for a day or a week um, or just go at a slower pace, that's, that's okay. It, it'll pay off in the end in the long run. Yeah, because if the kids are not feeling well, if they're not feeling heard or seen, they might not, not perform in your class anyway. So the content doesn't, wouldn't matter. So uh, we, yep. once we, they're ready mentally, emotionally, they will learn the content. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up. We, we we went a little bit long, so we'll we'll cut it off there. But I'm I'm sure we'll bring you know a, a ton more insight as as the episodes go on to just really again the importance of connecting with kids. Um, I just I want to thank you, Dunya. Thank you so much for offering what you have. And and Jeff brought it up at the beginning, so I won't I won't go long here. But just. Uh, what you do is amazing and the way you connect with kids is amazing. And I know the people listening to this podcast uh, learned a ton from you today and, and thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking time out of I know you had a busy day, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you both. I had a great time. All right. We're going to move on now to our uh, students. To our All right, now it is time to shift gears and we're gonna hear directly from the ones that matter most and that is the students themselves. Uh, we're gonna take a journey into their world. We're gonna hear things from their perspective um, and we wanna hear from a kid's perspective, like what makes the school year good? What makes it bad? And this is the first time that we're bringing students onto the podcast and it is something that I really hope to do a lot in this podcast because I think it's so important to get their perspective, to get their, to get their point of view. Uh, teachers out there, you know, the, the system that our evaluation system is, is not a good one. And your principal coming in as much as I uh, like and respect my own principal, you know, him checking a few boxes is not meaningful to me. It's not impactful to me. It's, it's what the feedback I get from my students that I care. So I'm, I'm excited to hear from the, from the, the two students today and uh, I'm getting sidetracked a little bit. So I am just going to welcome Keenan and Ella to the show. Uh, Ella's an eighth grader. Keenan is a junior in high school. Um, Ella's a gymnast. Keenan's a varsity soccer player. So we are so thankful that you guys could take some time. I know you're both extremely busy. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I know both of you have been through many, many, many back to school activities and some you probably liked some you probably didn't and I know you have a lot to share with us tonight so thank you both for being here on the podcast with us yes 
So welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, the first question I've got for you is just kind of a generic one about the start of the school year. And, you know, we are, I think, three or four weeks into the school year right now. What is your favorite part? Like, what's, what's one thing that sticks out to you as like a really positive thing to start this school year? Uh, Keenan, we'll start with you. Um, I would say something that I look forward to when the school year starts is seeing the people who like, I'm not super close with where I would like reach out over the summer, but just like seeing familiar faces and getting back into kind of the swing of things. Yeah. Right on, right on. How about you, Ella? Um, just like Keenan said, I mean, um, I really do love like seeing my friends after I haven't seen them for a while. And, um, like, I feel like just, like, mostly that routine that you get into when school starts, it's really, like, like, I know summer, it's, like, it doesn't really matter what you do, like, during the summer, but, like, when school starts, it's just, like, a whole, like, different world, and once you have that routine, it's kind of, like, easier to, like, kind of, like, adapt to it, you know? That's awesome, Ella. Yeah, I, uh, I know I can I concur with one of the things about, you know, a new school year, Joe, is is getting back with my teaching friends, right? That we see, you know, we spend we spend all kinds sure. of time together. So I, I agree with both of you guys. Um, hey, can you guys share any um, teachers maybe that you've had in the past that, you know, excel at welcoming or create that classroom environment? Um, it could be at the start of the year. Um, you know, feel free to name them if you want. Hopefully they'll be listening at some point. Um, but, you know, one of those teachers that you've had could be this year, could be last year, you know, whenever that really welcomed you and had that that environment where everyone felt included. Um, I feel like the teachers that I like really like appreciate once we get back into school. Um, I really like the teachers who like take like a whole like day just to introduce themselves and get to know like their students, introduce themselves to their students, just so the students feel like more comfortable um, during the school year, like know that they can talk to their teachers, stuff like that. And I think that's like the most important thing as a teacher to like start connecting with your kids from day one. Um, I have had a few teachers, especially like, like since I got into middle school um, this year, I do have, I have one teacher who, he like, he's so good. He has a, um, he has a spreadsheet of stories to tell about himself and his childhood, Mr. Brooks. He's really good. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Keenan, how about you? Um, um, I would say pretty much along those same lines is teachers who take the time to like give their stories and stuff and just make it more of a relatable situation. And I will say this year in particular, my pre-calculus teacher makes that really easy because she came into the year and gave us like a day where she explained herself and um, we did a little bit of that as well. But then by like the third day we were already into math and I mean, it's pre-calculus. So it's not something I usually would look forward to, but I don't dread going to that class. And I think that comes from her. Yeah. Kudos to that teacher for kind of creating that environment that makes you feel welcome. And, you know, sometimes all it takes is that one day where the teacher gives the information about themselves. I share one thing that's changed over my 18 years of teaching is how much I share of my personal life with the kids. And I know different teachers are comfortable sharing different amounts of themselves, but I, I teach in the community I live. It's a community I grew up in. I have 
you know, two daughters that are in the district. My wife also teaches in the district. So the kids know a good amount right away, but they love hearing stories, um, uh, you know, about, about my family. And, and I don't want to, you know, go on and on and on about it, but I know building that connection with them, you know, I find out, Hey, that my daughter's a gymnast and, and, you know, I have these students that are also gymnasts and kind of letting them get to know me. You know, Joe, I concur. I I think about, you know, what both Ellen Keenan said, when I was growing up, it was those teachers who, you know, either showed up at your sporting events or, you know, they knew you had, you know, a, a baseball game or a wrestling match or a soccer game or a gymnastics meet and just would ask, hey, how'd it go this weekend? Those little things I felt went a long way for me when I was a kid. And so I try to do that a lot with my students. You know, if I see them wearing a, a football jersey in school on a Friday, I make sure on Monday to ask them how that game went, things like that. I always felt that, you know, that's good at building those relationships. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I hate to, to take the turn here, but, uh, we're going to turn it just a little bit. Um, anything that you guys have done or any, I don't know, classroom things, you just shared some positive experiences. Do you have any negative experiences that start the year? Maybe you felt the teacher's approach was, you know, a little overwhelming or maybe unclear or just boring. Um, you know, what, what's your experience with that? And, um, you know, what could the teacher have done differently? Maybe. All right. Um, I think the like the most like boring thing when you go back to school is that one teacher who just explains like what you're going to be doing in the classroom because they don't take any time to like introduce them in their personal life. They're just like, hey, we're doing this this year. We have to do this, this and this. And like when you come in, you have to like do this, like take your seat, open your computer and get straight to work. Like, I feel like that's um, I just like don't connect as much with those teachers. Keenan, how about you? So this is one where I'll probably end up going a different route, and I'm probably in the minority of students, but I would rather a teacher, if they're not going to talk about themselves, I'd rather just start getting going on the curriculum rather than doing all of the uh, like icebreakers and team-building stuff. But I think that's just more of who I am as a person rather than um, most students. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I know the older the get, the older you get, the more you probably repeat the same icebreakers. Like you're, you're in, you know, 11th grade right now. You probably did have done all those icebreakers. You know, your classmates, you don't want to play two truths and a lie with your classmates because you've played that for the last five years with them. Um, I totally get that perspective. You either want to, Hey, get to know your teacher a little bit or hang out with your buddies. If you, you know, have something you can do, you know, your buddies, like you said at the beginning that you haven't seen all summer. Keenan, are there any uh, icebreakers that you've done that are just, you just are like, this is painful. Why are we even doing this? <laughs> I, try, I try to forget those. I, I, th- I thought yeah. he was going to say all of I them. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was going to be my other answer. But I, I mean, I, I don't want it. To, I don't want to say all of them because there's definitely some that like work out. But like when a teacher says, maybe you'll find your new best friend. I don't think anyone's ever met their new best friend. based on an icebreaker. That's fair. That's fair. That's, that's definitely a good point. Yeah, it's, it's, and I know like sometimes a teacher's perspective is, oh, well, I know all of you know each other, but I have to get to know you. But one thing I've learned is that there are other ways to get to know your students. There are definitely other things you can do um, that, to give them something different, especially as, as they get older. Do you guys feel, um, in your opinion, is that teacher-student relationship and, and building that relationship, is is that important to you guys? And is it something that, you know, I always 
I hope that my students, when they know I care, will try harder for me. Do, what What is your opinion on that, Keenan? Do you think you you know if there's a teacher who extends and and knows you know builds that relationship? So I would say um, that relationship is pretty important because like my first hour is government and me and my one teammate who's in that class, we leave that class every day um, kind of just shaking our heads. We, like it's, it's kind of a surreal class because the teacher, I mean, he knows his stuff. And so it is like, basically he's reciting a textbook about government and um, social studies and stuff like that is a class that I usually enjoy, but that, I mean, there's no real relationship there. It's kind of him just talking to us and, He's a super nice guy, but it's like there's no relationship there. And then I go to my second hour, which is pre-calc, and it's completely different. And it's a subject that I can't stand, but I leave that. It's awesome. Thanks. Filled. Yeah, that, that that tells so much about the impact that a teacher can have, not by knowing their content, but by knowing their students. Um, Ella? Yeah, I think, I mean, I totally agree with Keenan. It's just like when you go like into a classroom and you like know that teacher, you know, it's going to be a good class. Like today in math, my entire class was just cracking up because like one person made a joke and just like kept adding on. And I love my math teacher. And um, it was just like, it's such a, like a warm environment. And I feel like, like I was just like walking out of that classroom, I was smiling because it was, it was just such a fun class today. Um, but like when you have a teacher that doesn't really talk to you, um, my class right after my math class specifically um I just I just don't feel like like today we just did like workbook pages and um and we just did like some online work and we didn't like like she didn't really talk to us my teacher and it was just it just wasn't um like I just don't feel as like connected with that class even if I've been with those same people for three years now yeah, just kind of reinforcing the same thing that Keenan said, uh, the, the big impact that a teacher can have. Um, so this this podcast is all about teachers helping teachers, you know, improve and get better. And I talked about the importance of taking advice from our students and getting their perspective, not that you have to listen to it all the time, but that it's important to at least know how they feel. So just final question for you guys. Uh, what advice would you give to teachers if they're getting the start of the school year and they want to do it in a meaningful way for their students? Uh, what advice do you have for them to make it meaningful with their kids? Uh, Keenan, why don't we start with you for this one? Um, I would just say like letting your students know that they are like that the teacher is their number one resource and that any questions they should go to them and they should feel that way before they're turning to like looking things up and stuff. Cause I feel like there's definitely teachers that are easier to approach than others. Yeah. So true. So true. Ella. Yeah. I think one really good way to do what Keenan said is to just talk about yourself more at the beginning of the year. Like I said earlier, it just really helps. And like, as the year goes on, just like start like building those relationships. Like I have a few teachers that like talk to me personally before or after class, like, whenever I see them in the hallways, they're like, Hey, Ellie, how are you doing? And I feel like that just makes just a huge difference. Just those small little details make a huge difference in my relationship with my teachers. Yep. So true. So true. Well, um, I, I know you both are busy. I do want to say thank you one more time for coming on, for sharing 
your thoughts on the start of a school year. And I know it took some courage to come on the podcast with a couple boring old teachers, um, but we, we really do appreciate your time. And it, it, as I said before, it, your perspective should remind teachers how important it is to build that strong foundation at the start of the year and how important that first impression is. Uh, so thank you both so much for coming on. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, Jeff, uh, any final thoughts or advice to teachers before we wrap no, up No, all I wanted to say was listening to these two students talk, it, you know, it just reinforced me as an educator too, and, and you're making sure I do those things and be approachable and build relationships. Um, you know, I think what Keenan said about making sure the teacher or the, they, the students know that they're the first person they should go to and that you have their back, I think is super important. That um, is something I need to kind of take a look at myself and make sure my students know that. 100%, 100%. Well, uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed our first two episodes, please, please, please do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button or even more importantly, share it. Okay, share it with a buddy. Share it at your teacher's lounge. Let them know that you listen to it and that it's it's something that might help them, something they might find entertaining. Um, look for a new episode to drop in the feed every Monday. This is Joe and Jeff signing off, reminding you to keep going above and beyond those standards because you may not make a lot of money, but you do make a difference.